Guys, welcome to Impact City. Again, happy Mother's Day. It's so glad to see everyone here today. We're so excited about Mother's Day here. Uh, we have a couple of big days here in church culture and church world. Uh, one of them would be cr- Christmas, would be like obviously the, the birth of Christ, a big one. And so Christmas is good, but just as equally as good, if not better than Christmas, is, of course, Easter. Okay, and so we have Christmas, we have Easter, okay? And what we have is what we call CEO Christians that only come to church on Christmas and Easter only, CEO. But there's one more uh, day out of the year that is just as good as Christmas, just as good as Easter in the world of church culture. That is Mother's Day. So again, moms, a round of applause. Thank you for all the trouble you went through with us. We know we weren't easy on you, and we still aren't, some of us. And so we just want to say we love you moms who are here today. If you guys would please open up your worship folders. Just kind of, I hope you got a worship folder here when you walked in. Inside that worship folder, we have a connection card. It's a big yellow or blue card. Do me a favor if you're a guest or you haven't been here in a while, if your information has changed, something like that, write that thing out and just fill it out. On the back of that card, we also have prayer requests, which is probably the most important thing inside that worship folder is your prayer requests. So please, fill them out. Pray about something. Give it to me. Every day that we get these prayer requests, every Sunday I take them home, put them on my nightstand, and I actually pray for them in the mornings. When I go to bed, I pray for them often. I take them with me wherever I go. I just pick them up, and I look at them, and I pray for them. You can ask Sarah. It's true. Uh, also inside that worship folder, there was a tithing envelope. It looks like about that big. It has a little picture of a grain on it. That is for our owners and for those of you who want to donate today to Impact City Church. Uh, we're not going to pass the offering basket today, so all I ask is that at the end of service, on your way out, after you picked up your Mother's Day present, would you please just drop it into the basket in the very back of the box over there. So go ahead and drop it into that basket on your way out, uh, along with your uh, uh, connection card and any bit offering that you have as well. Bibles, if you don't have a Bible, we have one in the back for you as well. That's our gift to you, okay? Let me start off by saying this. I want to give a shout out to everyone listening to the podcast. We're so glad that you're here to listen to us on Mother's Day, even though by the time you listen to this, it probably won't be Mother's Day. But give yourself a pat on the back for trying at least. Amen? You guys are like, who listens to us on the podcast? You'd be surprised. We have people from New Zealand all the way to Moldova, um, all around the world. We have people who are listening to us all over the country, cousins, family members who have come and visited, and then they go off and they come back and they visit to the podcast. And so if you want to know more about that podcast, just look it up on iTunes, Impact City Church podcast, and there we are. We've been working through the book of Mark uh, verse by verse over the past few weeks, and it's been a fun journey. Like, we've been going through there, and we've been kind of reading verse by verse. We've learned so many things. We started this back in January, and we said we're not going to stop the book of Mark until we're done with the book of Mark. And so we're thinking it's going to take about a year and a half, two years. And so it's just been a really in-depth study for us. We're growing from it. It's challenging us. It's pushing us to go beyond what we are normally used to in Christianity and go above and beyond that and go further. And so we love that. We love Mark. But today we're going to pull away from that for just one day. We're going to talk about Mother's Day. So if you would, please open your Bibles to John chapter 19, verse 25 is where we're going to be. As soon as you guys are there, say, I'm ready. You guys are slow. As soon as you guys are there, say, I'm ready. All right, you're ready. Here we go. You're like, I really wasn't ready, but I said it because Pastor made me feel embarrassed. Um, <laughs> verse 25 in John 19 says, But standing by the cross where Jesus and his mother, standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas. Mary and Mary Magdalene. 
When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And he said to this disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. Let me just sort of manifest this moment in your mind for you. Let me just allow that to kind of make form into your mind. I want to just kind of, kind of, kind of build that scene up for you. Because Jesus up until this point has been accused of blasphemy. He's been sentenced to murder on the cross. Before that, he was beaten to death, almost to the point of death, actually, beaten to the point of death uh, brutally by the Roman soldiers. He's endured a lot. He's shed a lot of blood. He's lost a lot of flesh. His bones have been almost to, you know, taken to the point of breaking. That's how bad he's been. And he's endured all this, this pain and these lashings and this, 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 this trial sometime, all because someone lied about him. And he's going through this, this suffering and this suffering and, and all these things and, and finally gets up to this point where he's being sentenced to crucifixion. If you were here a few weeks ago on Easter, we talked about the crucifixion in depth, not only from a spiritual side, but we talked about it from a medical side and a historical side. We talked about how crucifixion was the most horrific way that Roman soldiers in the day thought of to kill someone, to kill criminals. It wasn't enough just to slice their throat. It was more so the suffering, the embarrassment that they had to go through, being hung on the cross to die in front of everyone. And so from the historical part, that was, crucifixion was around for a while, and that's when they, that was the worst thing that they could do. From the medical part, we learned about all the pain that Jesus went through. The fact that when the nails went through his arms, it touched veins that are very electrical when it comes to the centers of the brain. And so literally every time he would slump down, the pain would shoot up to his brain. And he would hurt him, and he was so in pain. We talked about how the, the point of the nails wasn't in the hand, but in the wrist, because the wrist is the only place that's strong enough to hold up a human body. That if he were to have nailed his nail through the hand, it would have just ripped out and broken his fingers and torn through his flesh. We talked about that in, in the resurrection, and this is what Jesus is going through. He's been at the point where he has carried his crossbar, which is over a hundred and some pounds. He has carried it throughout the city, about six miles from where he was beaten to the place of the skull, Golgotha, to be laid down. He's been laid upon his cross. His body was down. They took the nails and they nailed it into his wrist and they crossed his feet and they put the nail through his feet. And then they erected the cross straight up and they dropped it into the ground. And at that moment, he hung there. And that is where we are at. It says that while he was hanging upon that cross, while he was suffocating upon the weight of his own body that was crouched down upon his windpipe, when he was bleeding and suffocating upon that cross, that he looked around, and at that moment he had the, the two criminals on each side, and he talked to them for a moment. But right towards the end of that moment, he looked up and he saw his mom. saw his mom. And you gotta wonder what was going through Mary's mind. Mary, Mary was there when he was born, obviously. She ushered life into Jesus when he came in. When Jesus came into this world, she brought him in uh, and cuddled him. She wrapped him in a loincloth, laid him in the manger, cuddled him, breastfed him. And if any of your moms have ever breastfed, it is a very connecting thing to your child. There's a personal thing that happens there. It's a connection. It's a human nature thing. And she had that connection with this boy, this little child. 
And she's watched him grow up. She, she went through the traumatic scare of him being left behind in Jerusalem during the, 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 the festival time. And, and, and the fact that they went like a few days. And they're like, hey, where's Jesus? I'm like, man, I thought you had him, man. And they're like, parents of the year right there, you know. And they go through all of that. And she went through the whole, the worries of him. I'm pretty sure she worried about Jesus when he would go off and go hunting with his dad and go gain food back for people. I'm pretty sure she worried about Jesus whenever he would bang his thumb on, when he was helping his dad build stuff stuff because he was a carpenter and so was his dad. And I'm pretty sure she worried about Jesus whenever he failed the test of, the, of to be a, a prophet, to be a, a, a Pharisee. When he failed that test, she probably felt so sorry for him because you know Jesus failed that test, right? Because obviously he wasn't a Pharisee. He was a carpenter, which means that by the age of like eight or ten, if he hadn't passed that test, then he automatically became a, a whatever his dad was. So he was not that good in school. She must have felt bad for him. How many of you parents feel bad when your kids fail a test? How many parents just get ticked off? You're like, I know you could do better at that. And here she is at this moment. She watched him get brutalized. She watched his flesh rip from his body. Her son, her baby boy, be murdered in front of her eyes. None of you, and neither me, God willing, will ever have to go through that. We have it easy here in America. She had to witness her son being ripped apart, being stripped naked, being spit on, being cursed at, lied about, being beat up with sticks and a crown of thorns shoved into his head. She saw that, and now she's witnessing his, the nails being drawn into his wrist and the cries of agony coming out from Jesus' mouth. And she saw him being raised up on the cross. And here we are. Here we find her. And she's looking up upon her son. And the one thing he says to her is, Woman, behold your son. He talks about John, the disciple he loved the most. So, woman, behold your son. And he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. So basically he's saying, look, mom, I'm leaving, I'm dying. My disciple John, who is coincidentally the writer of this book, I just like how he actually, like he's in the story of the book so much. He says, take this disciple as your son. And John, take her as your mom. I'm dying, bro, but before I die, take care of my mommy. And it was the third thing he said before he died. The third thing. The, the next thing he said was, um, I thirst. He said, I'm thirsty. And so they gave him a drink of sour wine to fulfill the scriptures, right? And after that, he said, it is finished. So literally, within a few moments of telling the disciple, hey, my last order to you right now before I die is take care of my mom. He loved her. And he got to believe. We got to believe that John, knowing who Jesus was, knowing the, the Messiah, the Son of God, was entrusting him to take care of his mom. You got to know he didn't slack off in that job. You got to believe that he took care of Jesus' mom. He took care of Mary as his own. It said that Mary went to go live with John and his family and his wife and all of, the, all of them. He took care of Mary like he would his own mom. So today I wanted to talk to everyone about how to love your mom. How do we love mom? It's just a real simple message here today. So if you're taking notes, number one is this. We're to love her verbally. Love her 
verbally. Love her with your words. Especially us men, because we do a really crappy job of that, don't we? Uh, we say things like, I already told you I loved you once. If I change my mind, I'll let you know. You know, or we'll go through so many days or we just never, when's the last time you told your wife, I actually, I love you. Like you really told her, I love you. When's the last time you told your mom, I love you, mom. For some of us, you can't even remember the last time you told your mom, I love you and really meant it. So we have to love her verbally. Oh, some of us say like, I'll show my love to you. I'll show you my love. I know that, I, I know you, 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 you know I love you, but I'm going to show you. I'm going to buy you gifts. I'm going to flood you with, with candies and cakes and whatever it takes and flowers and show you. But let me tell you what, a woman needs to hear the words, I love you. A woman needs to hear those words. Guys, women need to hear it, whether it's your mom, whether it's your wife, or whether it's your daughter. A woman needs to hear that. Because you know what? They put up with a lot of stuff over the years, and they go through a lot of trouble with us. And a lot of times, we don't appreciate them correctly. And for your daughters, men, for your daughters, if you want your daughter to pursue a man in the future, to be pursued by a man in the future that is worthy of God's calling in her life, then you better bet that you better treat her the way that you would want him to treat her. Because when you treat her that way, she's going to seek someone. So when you tell her you love her, when you tell her she is beautiful, when you appreciate her with your words, she's going to find value in someone who appreciates her in their words. And it's not just empty lies and empty conversations with her. Love her verbally. The second thing is love her physically. Love her physically. Man, when was the last time you gave your mom a hug? Like a real big, thick, you know, Thera- uh, therapeutic hug, like the one that you hug. You don't just like hug a little bit, but you hug tight, you know, uh, without even her asking for it. How many guys walking like, hi, mijo, give me a hug? You're like, oh, mom, you know, like how many guys do it like that? How many are like, hey, mom, and you just like surprise her. You jump on her back and just kind of like, give her a big hug like that. Maybe you don't want to jump on your mom's back. You might break it. But, you know, you jump on her back. You hold her. Okay. Uh, how many of you just give her a kiss on the cheek because she doesn't ask for it? Just kiss her on the cheek. Just rub her, her shoulders every once in a while. Um, or just when you sit on the couch, how many of you just kind of like cuddle into your mom and have her hold you the way she used to for so many years? How many of you guys do that to your mom? She's the first person who ever touched you, by the way. Internally in her body, she held you for, ye- for nine months. I don't say years. For nine months, she held you. She, when you were out, she wrapped you up in, the, in a little blanket and towel, and she held you close to her breast. She cuddled with you. Whenever you were a baby, she would lie next to you and give you her fingers so you can hold and play with. She would warmly blow onto your feet and watch your toes kind of open up. That's mom. She would, she would touch you and, and console you when you banged your knee when you were riding a bike or when you hit your head because you were all, you know, like all crazy and you ran to the coffee table like countless times. She did that for you. She did that. She had physical touch with you, so we need to have physical touch of mom. And I thank God that our, our middle child, Zach, doesn't suffer from a lack of this.
Zachary is um, our middle child. He has been uh, with us, you know, for uh, six years now, right? He's been a great addition to the family. Um, <laughs> and so our oldest child, Ryan, Ryan's affectionate, but he kind of got straight away from the affection uh, about two or three years ago. He's not really into that no more. You know, he just, I mean, he'll give a hug if he has to. He's like, mijo, come over here, hug, you know. And then Skylar is the, uh, uh, I ain't got time for you, hug. You know, it's like, well, whatever, I ain't even going to bother with you right now. That's Skylar, okay? And so Zachary's different. Zachary is different. Zachary is the guy and guy that he wants hugs all the time. He's what we call boo-boo. And so boo-boo will come around and he'd be begging for a hug. And we have this thing at night where we gather at night and uh, I, I lay him in bed. I pray for him. I read him a story. And then he goes, Dad, can I give you a hug? And I say, yes. And he hugs me as tight as he can. And he thinks he's hugging me so tight that he thinks I'm turning colors. And so he has this thing that he goes, Dad, what color are you turning? What color are you turning? I'll have to be like green, white, brown, you know? And so we're like, what color are you turning, Dad? And I'll be like, I'll just have to say something like that for him. And he does the same for Sarah. He loves to just hug on Sarah, right? But listen, listen, listen. One day, he's going to grow up. He's going to find a girl who he'd rather hug more than Mom and me. His affections are going to be driven more towards his family, which is awesome. It's biblical. He's going to be more into that. But I just pray that on the holidays and the birthdays and the family get-togethers, that he would still have the opportunity to come up and say, Dad, what color are you turning? And he would come up and hug me and hug Mom. That's the type of love and affection from a son that any one of us moms, not us moms, but any one of you moms would want. Any one of us parents would want. Verbally, physically. Lover, number three, patiently. Patiently. As you saw on the video, mothers have an incredible job, right? An incredible job with absolutely no pay. There was no occupation under the uh, IRS form that says mom, right? You can't claim taxes on being a mom. You don't get paid for being a mom, all right? So no position in the whole business world compares to being a mom. There is physical, emotional trauma that comes from being a mom, okay? There is spiritual commitment that is needed to be a mom. It is very high in, uh, on the list of things that you need to do to be a mom, and yet there is still no occupation for it. She rises up at the break of day. She rises up at 6.30, 6 in the morning. My mom used to wake up at 4 in the morning to cook breakfast for my dad when he would get home from work at 5. She wakes up early in the morning, and she starts the day off. She's cooking lunch for the kids and preparing it, or she's staying up late preparing it the night before. She's getting the kids' clothes laid out. She's cooking everything ready for breakfast for her husband before he goes off to work. Mom, wife, mom. She uh, gathers up all the lost school books and the lost homework and the things that, that, uh, that are always lost that kids tend to lose. She's making their lunches. Uh, she inspects and corrects the homework before she sends it off. Mom. And yet she gets not one dime for that. She washes dishes. She bakes 
food. She cleans up every single room in the house because kids always mess them up. Remember last week we talked about the tornado of kids that come to our house all the time. And with one eye watching the baby at all times also. So she's like watching the baby and she's doing this job over here and she's doing this and she's doing that. She's doing school projects for the kids. She's folding laundry continuously. There's always laundry if you have a family. Okay, if you have a family of one, two, or three, you automatically have enough laundry to last you every single day of the week. Anything more than that, you better believe, you better put at least two, three hours devoted every day just to laundry. If not, you're going to be a cochino. It's going to smell bad. She irons and irons clothes and makes sure that they're nice and presentable. A good mom makes her kids look presentable. She welcomes dad home with a cheery smile on her face, perfume on her neck, a nice outfit on because she wants to show her man that he has a reason for what he's doing every day. I once heard a pastor say, if your wife is welcoming you in sweatpants and no makeup on and hasn't showered that day, then she probably doesn't care that much about you. A good mom welcomes her man home because she wants to show him that she loves him. And this is what you're fighting for, bro. This, that's right here. Right here. Don't forget this. This is why you bust butt all day at work, so you can come home to this. That's what a good mom is. And no matter how crappy her day is, the last hour before her man comes home, she's getting dressed. And she, she can be in sweatpants all day long. Don't get me wrong. You girls, you go for it. You work out clothes. You do your thing. But right when your man gets home, man, you better throw on the nicest shirt you got and throw some perfume on because you stink. You know, and so all the sweat and all that. Then after her man gets home, she, you know, her man, if, you're, if it's a good family, the man helps out. So understand this. She washes dishes. She cooks dinner. She brings the family together. We have a family dinner. That is a good mom that brings the family together. Not this kids eating in one room, one kid eating in the other room. That's not family. That's, 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 that you're building for disassociation in your life right there. You bring the family together. You eat as, as one and you talk about what, how your day's going. Talk about life. After that, she helps uh, wash dishes. Notice I said she helps because the man should be doing them on his own, you know. And so she helps wash dishes. She bathes the kids, and then they put them to bed. Mom does not pay for not one thing, not one of those things she gets paid for. She has a very, very important job. And in spite of all that she does, we often become impatient with mom. Mom, where is my books? Mom, where is my clothes? Mom, why haven't you done this? Golly, mom, where is this? And then you got the little, you know, the little Stewie Griffin that's like, mom, mom, mommy, mom, mom. And it's like just bugging mom, 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 mother, you know. And we have all this impatientness towards mom. Mom, why didn't you do that? Mom, I can't believe you did that. Mom, oh my God, where is your mind? You don't even remember what she had just told you a minute ago. Mom, why don't you do this? And she's like, are you freaking kidding? She had one of those freaking serious moments that we talked about last week. Are you freaking serious? I just, like, just did like six loads of laundry. And you want me to remember where your book is? So it's your responsibility to begin with? Mom, we need to have patience with mom. Because mom has so much patience with us. You know that moms usually put off their life? until while they're raising their kids? How many of you moms have college degrees and not even using them because right now your focus is raising your kids. After the kids are, are at the point where they can go on their own a little bit more, then you go back into the working world. Your focus is raising your kids. That, that, that's your focus. You know why? Because you're a mom. Now, single moms have it hard. Single moms got to work twice as hard. Single moms got to bust their butt 
and we have mad respect for single moms. But it's true, though. You have to put your life on hold when you're a mom. You don't have a life. Your life is your kids. Mom, love her patiently because she is patient with you. Patiently. Next, number four is love her attentively. Love her attentively. Mothers, listen to you. Pour out your heart over the dumbest things, and they can care less in the back of their mind, but they're going to show you that they really do. All right? So you're like, Mom, oh, my God, little Jesse at school was talking about this and then this and that. And she's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, I'm doing six loads of laundry. And, you know, and she's focused on that. But at the end, she'll be like, I am so sorry for you. How can I validate your feelings and make sure everything's okay in your life? She listens to you attentively. So we have to listen to her attentively. Sometimes moms break down. And for you younger kids, this doesn't really apply. But for you older people in this room, that applies to you. Your mom is an adult. You are now an adult. You can receive her, the weight of her burdens at some times. And you can listen to her. Listen to her with attention. Moms break down sometimes. Moms have had trouble. It's kind of like the, uh, there's a documentary I saw a while back. And I remember like, laughing at it because it was just, to me, it just seemed stupid. But there was like this bunch of like mass murderers, like this like this band, like three or four guys that went off and like did the mass shootings, right? And they interviewed the moms, right? And they interviewed the moms and they asked the moms, well, what do you think about your sons? Like, well, they have a good heart. And like, are you serious? They just like murdered a bunch of people. And they're like, no, they have a good heart. Because, you know, moms are always listening attentively to their boys. They understand there's more to that than than what meets the eye. They understand that they actually have a heart. They're deep into the life of their sons. It's no wonder why we like to talk to mom because she listens to us. Y'all remember that mom would always listen to you and always uh, talk to you and, 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 and act like she actually cared about you. Well, now it's your turn to be the rock for her. It's your turn to, to listen to her and to talk to her. And you're like, well, man, my mom's always complaining about something. My mom's always doing this or doing that. You know what? We, we've complained a lot to her. You know, we, I just want to say this. Maybe we just treat the mom the way we want to be treated. Maybe we just treat mom the way that we want to be treated. Maybe we receive her. Maybe we not just get impatient with her. Maybe we love her attentively. So verbally, physically, patiently, attentively. Number five, love her gratefully. Love her gratefully. I remember the day in my mind like it was yesterday. The day when I was driving home from work. I was a welder and I was driving home from work one day. And my mom called on the phone. She's like, mijo, she's gone. Mijo, she's gone. She's, she's gone. And I knew that it was at that moment that my grandma had passed away. My mom's mom passed away. And it hit me that, 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 that she was there for a moment and then she was gone. I just seen her the weekend before. This was like a Monday or Tuesday and she passed. Proverbs 27 says, do not, You do not know the day, what the day might bring. So you don't know what tomorrow might bring. We need to be thankful to, for the moments that we have right now. We need to be thankful for those moments. For those of you who still have your moms, be grateful for that. Some of us have lost our moms over the years I bet you many of us are going to be wondering what more we could have done with them. Were we impatient with mom before she died? Were we just uh, upset with mom before she passed away? Was there something that, that could have been resolved that was just petty? 
So listen, don't live life arguing with your parents for dumb things. Life is too short to spend it in anger with someone. Get over it. It's over. Move on. Which brings me to number six. Love her generously. Listen, there's nothing too good for mom, amen? Nothing too good for mom. We can never repay her, but we ought to die trying before she does. We can never repay mom for all the sacrifices she did in, in, in her life for us. But we ought to die trying. So whatever it is to your mom, do it. Buy it. Whatever it takes. Work overtime. Get it for her. She deserves to be loved and praised for all the things that she did for you. That she didn't have to do for you. Love her. Praise her. Be grateful for her. Give her the things that she sacrificed for you that now she can have now that you're an adult. Give her those things. How many moms sacrificed buying something for themselves because you wanted something, because their kids needed something? Like, oh, I really want that purse, but man, my kids need shoes for school. I really could use this and that, but my kids, women, your kids come first. Remember, we said moms sacrifice everything for their kids. That's a mom. Moms need to be loved generously by us. So whatever it takes, take care of mom that way. Look, a card is nice, but it's not good enough. Seriously. A card on Mother's Day is nice, but it is not good enough for mom. Number seven, finally, love her honorably. Love her honorably. Exodus 20.12 says this, Honor your father and your mother, and then you will live a long, full life in the land of your Lord, your God, is giving you. You're like, yeah, Pastor, but my mom's not very honorable. My mom is not very honorable. Well, the Bible doesn't say you have an option whether or not your mom is or is not honorable. It says to just honor her. It says to be upfront and honest her. And by the way, it's, the only tenth com- it's one of the only Ten Commandments that has a promise of blessing after it as well. Love her honorably and you will be blessed. Forgive her for whatever shortcomings she might have in life. So we're like, man, you understand, my mom is an idiot, man. She just, she has messed up royally. She has done this, she has done that in her life. And you know, I'm going to tell you something. You're an adult and you understand that life is hard. And people make mistakes. So cut her some slack. Seriously, just get over it. I said that you had to love her generously and gratefully too. Life is too short to be upset with mom. Most of our moms had us when they were young and teenagers too. They weren't thinking straight. Let's have patience and forgiveness for that for them. Most of our moms didn't understand the full weight of what it took to raise a child. And some of our moms have, have, have left or given us away. Let's have love and grace upon them because we were Christians and God had love and grace upon us. When we push him away, he always welcomes us back. Let's honor her and love. Let's love her with lots of honor. Forgive, forget, and move on because life is too short. Which brings me back to Jesus. Here's Jesus hanging on the cross again, and Mary's looking up at him. Do you think that he ever said at that point, man, I'm dying, and and this is the point where my mom is just kind of like, I just can't believe she wouldn't let me do that when I was a kid, and here I am, and she still hasn't apologized for that. I don't understand why she told me not to go play in the creek with the alligators. I don't understand that. Like, I don't get that, but, oh, no, no, he was loving her with honor. He was grateful for his mom. 
And we usually just kind of play a song at this point in service, but I wanted just to, to play a video for you guys. And what I want you moms to do is I want you to relate to Mary in this moment. Really relate to Mary and understand the pain and the struggle she's going through. But understand the reward she's going to get through the pain and through the struggle of being a mom at the end when her Savior rises up to save her. Isn't it awesome that the, 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 the baby that she birthed would end up being her Savior at the end? That's a beautiful concept to think about. For us sons and daughters, imagine Jesus. Imagine Jesus in this moment and upon the cross in all of his agony and all of his tears and all of the blood that is flowing through him at the moment and everything that is just happening. His one thought before he died was, my mom, take care of my mom. May we love our moms like that today. May we love our moms with that incredible love. Let's all watch this real quick. exactly how it's supposed to be I'm right here Can you hear my voice My life, my love, my Lord My baby boy As they nail me to this tree Just know the fire
Whatever happens, whatever you see, whatever your eyes tell you has become of me. This is not, no, is not the end. I am making all things new again. Proverbs 31, 30 to 31 says this, that charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. So guys, what that means is to publicly praise our moms. So if y'all would please just stand up and I want to just say thank you to all the moms here in the room. Come on, guys. Y'all clap for each other. Come on. Let me go ahead and just pray us out, and then we'll be done. And we have some gifts for you moms as well. Um, Sarah, can you help us with that in just a little bit? Um, so let's go ahead and just pray, and then we'll be released. Father God, thank you so much for mom. God, all those nights that, that she stayed up with us when we were sick and throwing up, all those nights that she was praying for us and we were out doing things we weren't supposed to be doing. All the times that she would just correct us when we were wrong, that we didn't understand why she was correcting us. All the times that she would hold us and hug us and we were crying when life seemed to be slipping through our hands. Lord, through every breakup that we've ever had, through every struggle we've ever had, Mom has been there. God, may we have patience with mom and we love her patiently because she is human and not perfect although she may seem perfect God may we just love her with our words love her physically love her gratefully love her graciously love her with attention love her with honor 
God, we thank you so much for mom. And I want to pray for the offering here as well. God, may the offering be all that you want and nothing that we want. May it be your will. May it be what you supply. We put our trust in you. This is your church, God. God, I just pray for everyone here today as we go out throughout the week. May we love and honor mom, not just on Mother's Day, but on every day of the year. May we love and honor our wives, the mother of our children as well. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.